I'll never forget it. When a teacher pulled me aside and asked me the question, young man, what are your priorities and how do you order them? We're going to see how the Bible answers these questions on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. We are nearing the close of our segment on this topic of justice and mercy throughout the Bible. We are on episode 11, uh, episode 12. We're, we're really near the end here. We're looking at to love mercy and what the Bible has to say about that. And with, with mercy comes priorities, and we're going to see what Jesus has to say about what comes first and what not. But we're going to have a word of prayer. And Israel, can you pray for us? And we'll get into the Bible. Father in heaven, thank you that you speak to us through your word, mm -hmm. and we want to have priorities that align with your priorities. So we pray for your insight. We pray for your spirit to be with us as we discuss your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Going to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. And before we read that, I'm just going to say that uh, we're nearing the end of our quarter here, mm. and it's been a ride. Like, it's been a very fruitful study uh, I have to admit, when we have a topic that's not uh, a Bible book or, or topical or, or, or textual, I, I get a little bit like, oh, uh, but this topic was very fascinating. It and was. So, uh, hopefully it's been a blessing yeah. to you guys. Uh, and now, you know, we have a special episode. We only have guys on this episode, so we can speak, speak a little frank. No one else is listening, and so uh, the girls aren't <laughs> here. So uh, this boys only, and uh, we can talk about, you know, Menly, menly topics like like mercy and love. All right, yeah. that's right. Amen. That's Christ. right. We need Amen. to make love and mercy manly. Say that with tongue in cheek. Okay, let's read the Bible verse uh, Matthew six verse twenty five. And Sebastian, can you read that for us? Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore. Verse 34, Jonathan, can you read verse 34 for us? Yeah, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right, so Jonathan, uh, with all your anxieties that you have on your shoulders and in life and with all the transitions that are happening in, in your life, mm -hmm. uh, what's going on in this passage? And what is Jesus saying to you directly uh, in, this, in this episode? 
<laughs> in this episode, well, <laughs> in this passage, I don't know what about this episode, but this passage, uh, Jesus is speaking uh, directly into my life, and I think all of us can agree that this is probably one of the most uh, profound and and uh, down to earth, real life, yeah, impactful sure. passages in Scripture, sure. because we all have those moments. Um, where we think about the future, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. what, you know, and we have question marks and we don't know what to do. And then we read this passage and they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has got me my back here. Mm-hmm. So the Lord is telling us here, don't worry. Uh, yeah, you know, there's food. You need food. There's clothing. You need clothing. You need housing. I, I know all these things. Mm-hmm. And this is what most people look for. And I mean, this is what life is basically all about, to make sure you're taken care of and you have all your needs covered. The macroeconomics around the world right. is based on these concepts. Exactly. Yeah. So we're seeking for that. And God is saying, stop worrying about that so much. Yeah. There is something more important than this. Mm-hmm. And that's verse 33. Mm-hmm. Now, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things that you, I know that you need will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty profound. And, and for me personally, I've, I've noticed that when I make sure that the priorities are straight, that's when I experience God working in my life. Mm-hmm. So I just I love this passage mm-hmm. very much, and I need to be reminded of this very often, as you say. I'm very anxious, so... <laughs> We're seeing that this, these chapters, Sermon on the Mount, is mm-hmm. a, a declaration uh, principles for the kingdom of Christ That's in right. Israel. What are the what is the priority priority to be? Mm-hmm. What is he focusing on? He's focusing on seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Mm. So, in previous episodes, we talked about when we talked about Sermon on the Mount, we talked about what righteousness was. Righteousness is holiness. Holiness is likeness to God, and God is love. And so, we talked about the fact that it is impossible that someone for someone to be like Jesus in their actions if they're not like Jesus in their heart mm. and in their mind. And so, we looked at the foundation of Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter 5 talked about the fact that the love of God needs to be an abiding principle, an abiding seed in the life of the individual. And if it doesn't become that, then not only will we not be able to uh, to, to benefit others, to help others, but in the end what will end up happening is that 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 the that we will actually turn to a place of distrust, of worry, and of personal self-destruction. And that is the conclusion of that in when you reach this point in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is being very countercultural because many of us live seeking the kingdom of ourselves and mm. our own version of justice yeah. and righteousness. And he's saying, don't worry about these things. He actually mentions it, what, four, five, six, seven times. Yeah. Don't worry. Why are you worrying? Don't worry. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't be, Jonathan, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. And, and he says, okay. why? Why, 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 why? Sebastian. It's, uh, I always wondered when Jesus used the examples of the bird and the lily, why he would reference that, right? And a situation on worry. And it's almost like Jesus is trying to make it seem that worry is absurd. Mm -hmm. Because whenever I've taught this to my kids, we have this book at our house called the Bible ABCs and L is for lilies. And so it talks about worry and we we talk about this passage. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, my my kids always laugh because I always ask the question, Mm -hmm. do lilies worry, Mm -hmm. right? And my kids are like, oh, that's funny. You know, lilies don't worry. Like, they're not stressed out. They don't worry. Oh, am I going to be beautiful? Am I going to flower and blossom? Mm -hmm. They just simply respond to what God has supplied for them. And it led me to this principle that God supplies the needs that he creates. Mm -hmm. He created the bird. He created the lilies. And all the needs that the lilies and the birds have, your heavenly father provides for them. Mm -hmm. So they just simply live for his glory 
and continue to express his creative power and genius right through their lives. And he's like, I'm going to take care of the needs because mm-hmm. I made you with the belly. I made you with the need for sunshine and, and nutrients. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it always became profound to me that just these simple things in life mm-hmm. around us in nature teach us this, this principle that if it's absurd for a lily and for a bird to worry, how much more absurd is it for mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Let's make it real. So we've established that Jesus says, don't worry, worry about my kingdom. Uh, not worry about my kingdom, but focus on my kingdom. Right. Yeah. Uh, seek on, on spirit. But how does that, how is that real? So Jesus is talking one level, but I'm here. Maybe I'm moving into a new area. I got a new house, house to find. Maybe I'm getting married. I got to get my wedding dress all fitted and my wedding suit all the way. I got, I got mortgage to pay. I got kids. How do the two mm-hmm. come together? Mm. Israel. What do you mean how the two come together? How do they come together? So bring Jesus' principles into our, our daily, everyday application here. Mm-hmm. Well, in verse 25, Jesus says, actually, that life is more than food mm-hmm. and body is more than clothing. In other mm-hmm. words, what Jesus is saying is that whenever we have, uh, whenever we become worried about these temporal things, mm-hmm. he's saying we've actually lost, we have lost sight of who we really are. Life is more than just where we're going to live or how we're going to eat or what we're going to put on. The, the thing is that we are, th- this is the reality that we function under because this is the way we are. We're very much like the world, and this is, this is revealed in, in the things that we worry about. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is, saying, Jesus is essentially saying a temporal person will worry about temporal things. Mm-hmm. An eternal person will worry about eternal things. Mm-hmm. What we worry about is an indication of what kind of person we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John? Well, you know, often I think we have a situation where we, um, we, we desire something and then we're disappointed when we don't get it. Mm. Uh, and, and those disappointments can be very frustrating and they lead us to worry. Mm-hmm. But very practical for me, like I'm right now in a situation where I have to seek housing and find some, a new territory, a new field for my life. And, and so I'm like, okay, uh, Lord, you know, this is a great place I would like to live in. And then it doesn't work out. I could now be like, oh, great, you know, this is not working, and I'm, I'm starting to worry again, like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. But when we f- remember that God knows all these things, He knew all these things before I was born, mm-hmm. that takes a great burden off my shoulders. I'm like, okay, I know you have a better place. You have a better place for me, whether that is materialistically better or spiritually, for my spiritual experience, better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I can trust that God will lead me. But it has to do with surrender mm-hmm. and being willing to to, to let God uh, take control and let Him worry about those things mm-hmm. in the future and right now. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phrase just kind of hit me as, as uh, Jonathan was talking in this verse is that purpose assures provision. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if, you, if you look at the, the text when it says, but seek first, the word first doesn't mean only. Mm-hmm. But right. God's, God's idea is that if you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you're seeking first justice mm-hmm. and you're seeking... Um, you're, you're seeking his kingdom and his justice, things to be righted and made the way that God had always intended them to be. Mm-hmm. As you're seeking that as your first purpose, you're saying, Lord, this is all about your purpose. Why am I moving to this area? Mm-hmm. Why am I trying to get these clothing? Why am I trying to feed my family? Because you call me as a father to provide. Mm-hmm. So purpose assures provision. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm in God's purpose mm-hmm. and I'm seeking him first, mm-hmm. then these things are going to be taken care mm-hmm. of. And so my question practically, right to your point is, I'm moving to a new area, but why am I moving to a new area? Right. How did I come upon this need? Because I'm seeking your kingdom. Yes. Because I'm trying to do your purpose. Then I'm assured God will provide for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I need to focus on 
doing his work right. and what he's called me to do and what's bringing me to a new field or led me to this need. Yeah. To, to continue on what Sebastian is saying, it's not that Jesus is saying don't think about mm-hmm. where you're going to live or don't think about what you're going to so wear. This isn't Pollyanna, Pollyannaism and, and just thinking like, hey, I'm not going to care about anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, what, what it's talking about is worrying about that. And, and what Sebastian said earlier was so profound that Worry is absurd, right? Because mm-hmm. worry is not going to make us. Anyway? Yeah, we're yeah. not going to. We're not, worries by worrying about our height is not going to increase our height. Mm-hmm. By worrying about where we're going to live is not going to give us a place to live. Israel In other words, worrying a lot about his height. I am. I'm worrying about my hairline. <laughs> All right. You so, should worry about. Uh, it. Yes. I don't want to look like Sebastian. So, oh. so, so you know, worry. <laughs> today. Worry. Masculinity. Wor- worry is not. Worry is not going to answer our. our is not going to answer our problems. Yeah. The only way that our an- our problems will be answered is through Christ. Christ is the only answer to our problems. And so he's addressing, first of all, worry. And secondly, he's addressing priority, mm-hmm. what we think about first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And these are the two things that Christ is addressing in, in, uh, in this passage. Mm-hmm. I love how Jesus is talking about what, what figuring out what's important and then rearranging those in an order. Mm-hmm. And we got to establish what is first. But before we actually talk about these, the rearranging of these, these priorities, we're going to take a break. We'll see you on the other side. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey guys, welcome to be on this side of the commercial break with you. Uh, we're looking at priorities of the kingdom of God and what Jesus is saying in chapter 6 of 33 of the Gospel of Matthew is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's really cool, really assuring that God knows about all these things. Uh, the way, if I can synthesize what you guys were talking about, the way I see it is that there are core things in the central and in the center, and there's peripheral things out here. Mm-hmm. And what God is saying is, it's very important to put what is important in the central and all these other things. They're just as important, but they gotta be peripheral. Mm-hmm. But if you put these things that are peripheral into the center, you may lose. Actually, everything. You will lose everything. You will yes. lose everything. Yes. And so when we're moving to a new place, it's not only that God, we're expanding the kingdom of God, but in the actual neighborhood and location, where are areas where I can expand the kingdom of God? Yes. When I get a new job, it's not looking at which will have the higher paycheck, but which will have better opportunities to expand the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. When we have children, when we, like all these other these major decisions that we need to make, uh, we, we be concerned over the peripheral, but God will help us with that. Right. Mm. We, we focus on what is central, and that being the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm-hmm. yeah. expanding the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. Sebastian. You know, it reminded me that uh, seeking what can be added to you is foolish. It's like paying for something that would be free. Mm. It's like, why would you pay for that? You mm-hmm. could have gotten it for free. And in this sense, he's like, all the Gentiles seek this thing, but if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, I'll just add these things unto you. That's awesome. So it's like, why would I be seeking what could be added unto me? And that, that lets me know, um, I remember last, one of the seasons before this, Israel had shared a quote um, from the missionary that he is no fool, right, yeah. who, who gives what he knows he cannot keep. 
and keeps what he knows he cannot lose. I think that's how it goes. Hey, can you say that again? I mean, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if he can. Go, go on passing, but you gotta, maybe, maybe Israel should. Break that down. He say is that. no fool who gives what he knows he cannot keep. To so gain that, what he cannot lose. Thank you. Yeah. To gain what he cannot lose. Thank you. He is so, no fool. <laughs> 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 so the whole idea of, of, the, of this guy. Don't the, repeat it. Just break it down. <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea of the missionary who made the statement was he lost his life trying to serve other people mm, in the uh-huh. kingdom of God. Uh-huh. And the whole idea was, well, why would you not kill these people to protect yourself? Mm-hmm. But in his mind, he's like, I'm not a fool, right, if I'm giving um, what I cannot keep. What I cannot keep. To gain what I In order to lose. gain what I cannot lose. Thank yes. you. So in that moment of time, he surrenders his life, but his salvation is assured. Okay. Right? I've sought okay. the kingdom of God. I've sought his righteousness. I'm living in God's will. So therefore, it is not a foolish choice for me to let okay. these things of the world go because he had a career back in America. And he was in South America serving these indigenous people. So it's like, well, why would I keep that when I know in the end I will lose it? if I make it the number one priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe less dramatic than dying in the jungle uh, as a missionary. <laughs> just on the, you know, I'm looking for housing right now. So, like, okay, um, wh- how, how does this inform my house hunting? You know, okay, um, I could look for something that is totally isolated, somewhere in nature. I love nature. Um, but will I have neighbors there that I can minister to? Mm. I might have to drive 15 minutes to do that. Uh, but if I live maybe close in a more urban area, there might be people I can minister to where I can expand the kingdom of God. So my, that informs my decision-making in those areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know the Lord will bless with the right place um, because I'm seeking His kingdom. I want, I want to minister to people. I want to, be, um, I want to mingle with them and, yeah. you know, and connect with them, have compassion, you know, bring justice and mercy into their lives as we've been studying this quarter. And so. this is a huge paradigm shift for mm-hmm. even a lot of Christians themselves, which, I mean, you've got to think about it, that if you, if you live in a we're going to use house hunting, for example, yeah. that if you've lived there long enough and everyone has accepted the, the decision to be a follower of Jesus and you've expanded the kingdom of God, mm. then guess what? Got to move. It's time to move. That's right. Yes. If you get a job and then you've, you've converted everyone on your floor, <laughs> guess what? Time to get another job. But we don't use these as central principles mm-hmm. for, in a rubric of, of making decisions. Yeah. It's about the higher paycheck, about property value, which... This is how the Gentiles think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. all these things, that, and these, these are not bad things. Mm-hmm. But God says, I will give you all these things if you right. make the kingdom of God first. That's just a revolutionary yeah. idea. And the temptation for us as Christians is that we think that we're not like the Gentiles because we are seeking the kingdom of God. However, we're seeking the kingdom of God secondary yes, to the... Yes, it's peripheral. Yeah, it's, it's, peripheral. It's, an, it's, it's an addendum. Yeah, and so we, we want the good job. And then after we get the good job, then we can expand the yes. kingdom of God. Yes. And Jesus says, don't do it that way. Do it Amen. the other way first. Yes. First seek the kingdom of God, and then these things will That's be added right. unto you. You know, when I was in college um, doing my undergrad, and I heard someone uh, preach a message on this passage, it convicted me to change the way I planned my academic schedule. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to choose my classes and my schedule based upon what's going to allow me to be at prayer meeting, allow me to go to Bible studies and to study with other people and to maximize my devotional time mm-hmm. rather than saying, you know, get all my classes over at the end of the day and, you know, put it on this day because I like to sleep in and I like to do this, but I can't go to prayer meeting. I won't make it to any evangelistic, you know, you know, outreaches and stuff because I have class. And looking at the spiritual schedule first and saying, let me prioritize God's work and God's business and work around it. And the crazy thing was my grades were higher 
<laughs> than when I was planning my schedule the way I just wanted to mm-hmm. do it because it worked for me. God had given you all these things. Yes. Correct. Fulfilled that promise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yes, we need to be we need to be willing though. Like, and I think the more you, we experience God at work in that way, the more we will appreciate God and love God and trust Him. Our faith really grows in those experiences. As, as you, I'm sure your faith has grown because of your Absolutely. good grace. Yeah. You know, um, but we have to be willing also to realize that the adding unto you of all these things might not happen until we go to heaven. We might lose our life in a jungle. We might not that receive the earthly blessing in this side of heaven. Sure. But that's okay because we're doing God's will and there's no better place to be than in the will of God. Yeah, you know? that's true. It, it's true. funny because true. That, that what you were saying actually reminds me one time I was, I was at a gas station getting gas and I saw a car roll up. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, a Cadillac, mm-hmm. you know, and on the license plate it said <laughs> all these things. <laughs> and the guy was essentially saying, hey, I was seeing the kingdom of God things. and I got, God gave me this Cadillac, which he might have. I'm not saying that he did it. But <laughs> we, have this, we have this understanding sometimes that when we follow God, we're going to have all these things, and all these things are going to be a nice jet, a big yeah. mansion, and a nice car. When, when, like Jonathan said, that's not necessarily the case. And that's prosperity theology, and that kinks Jesus' words a little to off, offsets it. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Now, contextually yeah. speaking, something that I think has been missing in the conversation is the fact that seeking the kingdom of God, is some, it's an internal thing, not just an external sure. thing. Yes, sure. In other words, in seeking specifically here the kingdom of God, we're talking about seeking the kingdom of God, the principles of the kingdom of God in my life. Not so much expanding that by winning others to the gospel, but ensuring that the principles of the gospel are lived out and thought me, out in my, in, in my, in me, yeah, me, myself. So what do you say to people who actually take this verse and then they apply it in, in terms of social justice? And we need to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. And they're mm-hmm. seeking it, whatever they do, through politics, through demonstrations, through riots, through, through yeah. movements, through social media. How can we navigate through that? Yeah, well, the kingdom of God, the change in this world and the, the influence, the change in, and influence in this world starts with me. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've Which in many ways is a more of a powerful change yes. than changing the society around right. you. Yes. Yeah, and it's a more difficult change too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked about this in previous episodes. You know, everyone else is the problem except me. Yeah. Jesus does not think mm-hmm. that way. Jesus thinks that you, the person that I'm speaking with at this very moment, you are the problem that requires most and immediate solving right now. It's you are the problem. You mm-hmm. are the challenge. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's easy for me to think, oh, no, my, it's my brother who's got this problem. And I need to help my brother. And I need to help my other brother. And I need to help this person, that person. And then at the very, very same time, neglect the very challenges and the huge demons that are in my own life. And that's why Jesus says, hey, take that enormous piece of log out of your eye before you help and you take the little toothpick out of the eye of the other individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sebastian? There's, there's also the component to your point that there's a limitation to how much of the kingdom of heaven we can bring upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Because the kingdom of heaven always operates on the freedom of will. In order to cooperate with the principles of Matthew 5 and 6 that Jesus is espousing, it's a voluntary decision. You can't enforce it upon society. Mm -hmm. So when people become militant Mm -hmm. about social justice, you must do this, you must do that. You cannot legislate righteousness. Is Jesus's point. Mm. And, and in this sense, say that again, you cannot, you cannot legislate righteousness. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's no amount of laws. There's no amount mm-hmm. of punishments mm-hmm. or prisons or tortures you can concoct in order to make society be what it's supposed to be and what God is calling it to be. So the recognition that I'm trying to be overly militant about social justice is a, is a foolhardy 
um, ideology that refuses to accept the full revelation of the word of God, that ultimately all things will be restored in Christ at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we are called to bring what we can bring on this side of eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a seed. It's not like a military power to, to go along with what you're saying. The kingdom of God is a seed that is planted. That seed is the word of God. And that seed takes a while to germinate before it becomes an enormous you know, oak tree, a big, a big plant. It's something that requires mm-hmm. patience. And, and the lack of patience, the lack of understanding in the kingdom of God creates the fatigue that many times we as Christians have. Mm. You know, we get weary and well-doing because we want God's kingdom to be established right now in every single way, in every mm-hmm. single aspect. And history attested that, that that's a dangerous uh, yeah. avenue to go down. Yeah. Yes. So let me ask you guys this question. So maybe there's a young adult there, out there or an adult, and they say, hey, I've been a Christian this entire time and realizing maybe I'm not seeking the kingdom of God. How do we practically rearrange our priorities to make Jesus first? How do we make the kingdom of God first? Mm. I think uh, uh, you kind of need to have like a moment of reset. Okay. You, you, you sit down in quiet with the Lord and be like, okay, God, um, help me to align my life with your priorities and your ways. And I mean, this is kind of the answer to all of our questions. You know, read the Bible. Yeah. Let's look at these principles. And um, is my life in alignment with, with Jesus' will? So this is for a young person who's maybe yeah. encountering Christianity for the first time mm-hmm. or for a minister who's been a, a Christian for a million years. Both oh. need uh, a reset experience. Constantly. I yes. mean, uh, I, you know, I've walked with the Lord now for whatever, uh, 12, 13 years, you know, intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I always find myself kind of deviating away from, um, oh, well, well, there's the path. Let's go back. This is why daily devotional time is so important because that's the time when you make sure you're staying on that straight and narrow path. Mm-hmm. But that's only something the Holy Spirit can do as we ask Him and mm-hmm. let Him do that in our mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. One of the exercises I like to use in my life is um, twofold. I do a one thing exercise where I ask myself, what's the most important thing in your life today mm-hmm. to remind myself? Mm-hmm. And by asking that question, that's how I decide what goes first in my day. And I'm talking about actual use of time. So if you wake up and you say, what's the most important thing in your life? Okay, God is the most important thing in my life. Then that's the first thing that goes in. Because if I put that later on, it's going to eventually the day is going to get away from me. And the other thing I like to do is then take everything else in my life outside of what's the most important. Mm -hmm. And I draw a circle, you know, put my name on top of that circle. And I'm like, okay, what are the things? Do you use a journal for this? I do sometimes. That's great. Journaling. We are fans of journaling here at Universe. And by doing that, I write all the things I can control in those other areas of life. Okay. So if it's my wife, my kids, my job, whatever, this is what I can control. And the things I can't control, I write outside of the circle. Mm-hmm. And then I put a bigger circle around that and write Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And the things that are in the circle are what become my to-do list. And the things outside the circle become my prayer list. Mm-hmm. And that helps me to say, this is priority. This is the number one thing. And that's how I feel. Very practical. Very practical. I love that Christianity is all encompassing. Following Jesus is not a certain compartment. It's not a hobby. It's not an addendum, but it deals with how you use your money, how you use your time and all of our relationships. It's all encompassing. We need a constant reset experience to make sure that we keep the kingdom of God first. And that's our prayer. That's my prayer. And hopefully that's yours. Thank you so much for joining the inverse of this episode. We'll see you next week, which is our final episode on this, on this topic of mercy and justice. If you haven't followed us already, look at the previous 10 episodes, 11 episodes or whatever, and join us for the 13th episode next week. You've been listening to Inverse 
a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.